Welcome to the House of Style podcast, a conversation series where we talk to prominent Australian interiors figures about their design journey, what inspires them and where they're headed. This is a deep dive into their past, present and futures, discussing what it takes to become an iconic figure in today's interiors landscape. With our background as style editors, we've crossed paths with some incredible furniture and homewares brands, designers, artists and makers. This is our way to share their inspiring stories with you, the listener. I'm interior stylist Kerri-Ann Jones. And I'm interior designer Jono Fleming. And welcome to the House of Style. Well, welcome to our third episode in our Christmas mini-series. Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning Thank you. in. means the world to us. We've, got, we've received some really lovely feedback from a lot of people and we really appreciate your support and listening and thank yeah. you. Yeah, this it means a lot. These conversations really inspire us and we're just so glad that they are also inspiring you. Yeah. But we'll be back in February next year. We'll be still posting on our Instagram and website so you can still follow us there until then. Got some exciting things coming up in the new year. Really exciting. We cannot wait to share them. And for our last episode of the year, we're talking to Krista Hubner of Basil Bang. You might know her from her beach umbrellas. Beautiful, colourful umbrellas, and we thought Chris would be the perfect person for our last episode to get us into the summer holidays right before Christmas. Yes. Kick it off. So we are going to talk a bit about holidays. Yeah. Where do you want to go on holidays, Carrie-Anne? Oh, my, okay, so my dream destination is Bora Bora, mm. and I've been there twice now. And one, it was for my honeymoon, and then last year for our five-year anniversary, and oh, nice. hoping to go there again. Uh, in another four years' times because we'll be it's our six year anniversary actually nice. in a few days. So <laughs> counting down and it's just it's absolutely heaven on earth. It's crystal clear water, really warm, it, sunshine all day. It sounds amazing. Really fresh food and you just jump off your little hut and you just chill and do nothing all day. It's abs- it honestly is heaven on earth for me. Oh. That's where I want. That's my dream destination. Four more years. Start yeah, the exactly. countdown. <laughs> oh, we we actually had a timer on our computer <laughs> last time. Yeah, that sounds fair. Yeah. What about you? Um, I I love New Zealand a lot. Um, it's just one of my favorite places in the world. Mm, beautiful. But my mate Scotty and I have been talking, I think for like forever about going to Lord Howe Island, which is oh yeah, so close, but. You know, life gets in the way and yep. he's a very busy, important person and I've got podcasts editing to exactly. do. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, too. we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. I just, I have been obsessed with it. Cara Rosenland went and took all these incredible photos yeah. as Cara does. Yes, she does. Um, very talented. And it just looks like Jurassic Park. Oh. And I know there's no dinosaurs there, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> I will dream. <laughs> That's all I want is to be in like a Jurassic Park type location. So Lord Howe Island is really up there on the list yeah, for me. Yeah, cool. Are you doing much this summer? Just chilling with my family. Nice. Yep. Just hanging out. I, I found out that daycare's closed for three weeks. So <laughs> so not sure if there'll be much chilling. Yeah. Just more looking after my kids, but it'll be fun. Be yeah. Nice. Just and you're nice. Down the beach. Down by the water there. Yep. That's going to be hanging out by the beach. Yeah, I think my um, I love also heading to the Blue Mountains, and there's a this is my tip for everyone. There's a really cute little spot just at Glenbrook, which is the first town at the mountains, mm-hmm. and it's called the Jelly Bean Pool. And so cute. you park in the national park um, car park, go down some steps, and it's 
I want to say it's almost just like a little billabong almost that you just, there's people splashing around, jumping off rocks. I might take the kids there it over is, summer break. Yeah, it's really nice for the kids. There's some deep parts, but there are shallow parts as well. Yeah. So oh, cool. really nice hidden spot. Awesome. But yeah, well, you know, we're going to get straight into it. Thanks for tuning in and we will see you soon at the House of Style. Woohoo! 2020! Talking all things summer and beach and holidays with Krista from Basil Baines. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled and a little bit nervous. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll have a bit of fun today. Let's take it right back to the beginning, before Basil Baines. Where did you grow up and were you always a water baby? I was always a water baby. I grew up on the Gold Coast in the 80s, the heyday of, um, I don't know, the beach and tanning and all of those things. Uh, my dad was a, or was a crazy German and um, very much lived life to the full. Um, my mum was a Brizzy girl or is a Brizzy girl. And uh, so, yeah, grew up on the Gold Coast at the beach most mornings and we had a pool in the backyard, of course. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, clothing optional growing up, very much either at the beach or in the pool and all of that stuff and a lot of entertaining. I don't know where entertaining's gone in our lives these days, but... We're so busy. I just have too busy now, aren't we? I have such fond memories of just there always being people over, always being in the house. And mum did these... Um, water crackers I remember it just so clearly and being like these are so amazing uh, water crackers with bocconcini um, oh. sun-dried tomatoes remember yeah. they were like yeah. really yeah. cool and, and basil on the top and they were like pe- blowing people's minds with <laughs> that is pretty out there for the 80s I, I mean by the sun-dried tomatoes and mum had some amazing like she used to do like headscarves and caftans and she had these really great outfits yeah so, let's yeah. bring all of that back yeah the for 80s sure. the good bits of the 80s yeah yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Did you study after you left school? Um, yeah, I did. So I went to uni. I um, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. All through being a kid, I was wanted to be an artist. I don't know. Um, and then I kind of I wanted to go into osteopathy. I wanted to. I told my dad. Dad was an engineer, and I made the mistake of telling him I wanted to be an engineer. That lasted about five minutes, but I forgot to tell him. So he was so excited and proud, and then I had to break it to him that I'd moved on. Yeah. Um, but I uh, clearly don't have the brain for, for being an engineer. Um, so then I went and studied and chose a really broad degree because I was like, and I chose it around not wanting to do accounting. So I was like business, but not accounting. So I'll do communications. So I ended up, mm. I was, and my logic was that I like talking. So yeah. communications <laughs> is for me. Yeah, absolutely. Was art always still in the background for you? Like- yeah, for sure. So my grandfather on my dad's side, my opa, he was a, an artist in Germany and then um, and the war kind of got in the way of his career, like many, um, like many people. Um, and then... My mum is an art teacher and a mad potter in the best possible way. <laughs> and um, and then dad was also really artistic and an architect as well. So I think through the family and, you know, all of my mum's side, they're all beautiful, creative, lovely women who just have got, it just oozes out of them. Like one's into gardens, the other one's, you know, you, there was always a story that when my nana was growing up, she used to be given the money to manage the house when they were all studying, all the girls were studying together. And... Um, Beryl would the first week they'd always eat I fill it and have beautiful table and like the house would be immaculate but by the fourth week it was like baked beans and potatoes but still amazing beautiful flowers on the table so you know they're all creative in their own ways 
Amazing. And so what happened after you studied, after you finished uni, then what? Oh, so I... So when I was at uni, I actually wanted to be CJ Craig from the West Wing. That was my <laughs> career goal. So I wanted to move to Melbourne and get into PR and do a bunch of stuff. Um, but then I got a job offer in a, at a surf company on the Gold Coast for some ridiculous amount of money. But I was like, woohoo, I'm rolling it. <laughs> Living at home and going out was pretty funny. So I ended up choosing that job so I could live at home a bit longer and live the, live the good life on the Goldie with my friends. And then... Um, that, I don't know, yeah, it kind of, I don't know, I just kind of followed opportunities and saw where it went. So I was referring to before a story about um, getting a piece of advice in passing, just business advice, and I was working for three three guys up in Brisbane kind of helping them. I don't know how much of a help I was, but working at their ideas. I had some business ideas that they wanted to pursue, and that was really interesting in terms of an exercise in blue sky thinking and how to turn big out their ideas into an actual tangible business and what that meant and how mm. to how to bring that pull that together into a strategy that worked and but that was a really interesting exercise and in that time of living in Brisbane Mike and I had met and we were kind of doing a distance relationship which was tricky but really great I think for a beginning relationship yeah um, and Get yeah. all the freedom that you need, yeah. all the space. and well, we ended up speaking a lot. Like yeah. you end up having this really incredible, you spend so much time actually just talking. Yes. Which I think you kind of skip out a bit when you're dating face-to-face because you go out for dinner and drinks and stuff and then you actually get to know each other like three months down the track and go, yeah. oh, actually you're not for me. Yeah. Whereas it sort of happened in reverse that we ended up chatting so much and we were like I would drive from Brisbane down to the Gold Coast and – we would that whole time. I'd be on. He'd be on hands free, and we'd be having these intense thing chats. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was really. It was pretty. It was pretty cool time. And I, I remember saying to my mum, "I think this guy's pretty special." Um, anyway, yeah. I don't know. This is. We're not having a relationship <laughs> chat. But uh, yeah, no. So it was all in that time, and and I was like, oh, I think I think it's time for me to move to Sydney. So that was wasn't necessarily for Mike. It was a bit of everything kind of coming together that I felt like for my career I needed to try something else. Yeah. So I ended up working in fashion for a company called Insight, mm-hmm. a kind of surf fashion and really directional. And it was a really amazing team at the time uh, that was really cool. And it seems it's funny now. I keep meeting people who have also kind of gone through at Insight as well and it, they're all really amazing people. So it was a really special time there um, to that. I went to, this is my full CV now, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I went to Qantas for a little while and then I finished up at the MCA and the city yep. of Sydney. Wow. Yeah. Oh, cool. Amazing. So that's my, and so, my, my career. Yeah. <laughs> in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> and so how did Basil Bangs come about? Oh, so Basil was not actually my baby to start with at all. It was an idea. So where we were living in the eastern suburbs and um, – we we're living in Bronte and a bunch of our mates were kind of all living around the hood. And we used to, like many people still do, we used to hang around in North Bondi. And um, I think the boys on, on might, the grassy knoll. On the grassy knoll. <laughs> or in the pocket and jumping off the rocks. Good times. Um, yeah. And Mike and one of his really childhood mates, shout out to Pickle. And um, Mike and, and Pickle, Nick, were hanging out and chatting about how. Nick couldn't buy a beach umbrella. He'd been looking for a beach umbrella as a wedding present and how it would be really cool. And they'd been trying to buy vintage umbrellas and they were either really great and looked beautiful, but then they didn't work. Mm. Or they worked 
but didn't look great. And they're like, oh, we just think there's such an, there's an opportunity here. And it was such a, a niche opportunity. Um, and I, I remember them talking about it and people like, really? Are people going to pay that for an umbrella? Oh, I think you're a bit crazy. But like all good crazy ideas, they kind of pursued it. Yeah. And um, yeah, they, they ran with it. So Nick came up with the name, uh, which we get asked about a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, he's one of those guys who's always got really, he's, I don't know, that's his strength is coming up with, I don't know, great names and he's really creative and he's got a really good business brain as well. Um, but yeah, he kind of came up with a suite of names that we that we chose from. But we wanted to come up with a name that had a character and a story and you kind of felt had a little something something to him. Yeah. And we felt that Basil Bangs was one of those names because it wasn't like anything else. Yeah, kind I of didn't it. know anyone like him, but it sort of it could be French, it could be could be anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So were you were you still at the MCA in the City of Sydney at that point? Yeah. So I wasn't in really involved. I was more just a supporting supporting spouse in the yeah. background. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we weren't we weren't even married then, um, but we're all, it was just a really special time. Like everyone, most of us are all married and very much down that path now. But at that time, it was just kind of, you know, that soundtrack to Supergrass, we are yep. young, we are free. <laughs> like it just was that in my mind, it was that day. That's of, just that soundtrack of that period. <laughs> yeah, like sunny days, going down to the beach, like just, yeah. And um, yeah, so um, Nick and Lauren, his now wife, and Mike and I were kind of, involved in in how that all started but it was very much Mike doing a product development and getting that up and running and and Lauren helping as well with getting it kind of started from a sales and and whatnot perspective so Mm. then I came back I came on later yeah so what were those early days of the business like how did you get the product out there so well definitely the early days of the business was like the first year was spent in product development like that was a lot of finding the factories Mike Want, knew he wanted to design the hinge. Um, we knew that was something we could sort of um, make a difference in, in terms of how people used it. Like we wanted to have a quick release mechanism. We wanted to make that whole exercise of going to the beach simple and easy, but still look really beautiful. Um, so that w- was a process in itself. And then obviously you've got to find people to make it. And there was a process of trying to make it in Australia and trying to find people who yeah. we could do it, who could do it for us here. Um, which sadly it's not possible. We just don't have the manufacturing base anymore, nor can you kind of achieve it for a, a price that's yeah, a realistic. Price. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so then it was just that stuff. Um, it was, And that's Mike's background. He's really good at all of that stuff. Um, and then kind of parallel to that was Lauren. Um, she helped spearhead a lot of the brand work. So we did a lot of stuff just working on personas and who we thought our customer was because we're essentially creating a new market. Yeah. We um did a lot of work kind of working that out and and she's to credit for a lot of that thinking as well. And then it was, yeah, doing a trade show and doing a line sheet and working out prints and all of that. Like it's just there's a lot, oh gosh, thinking back, there's a lot involved and it was all in like a night and after hours gig for everybody. So everyone yeah. had their proper jobs. <laughs> um, but I guess the real kind of moment, I guess, of when – it all kind of came together was start when we started to show retailers the product before we even did a trade show. We were like, let's just see if this has got legs. Um, so yeah, and that that whole kind of thing took about eighteen months. Wow, of work. Yeah. I mean, that's still a pretty short time to get a like a brand new product essentially on the market. 
Do you ever have that fear that, like... Wasn't delivered. <laughs> that was the samples. Yeah, just the samples, but still pretty quick. And then was there ever that point where you're like, oh, my gosh, what if someone else is going to do this before we get it out there or... Um, I guess, but I think because it was so new. Yeah. I don't know. No, I don't think so. I think we were just, just plugging away and going to see. Do your own thing. Yeah, yeah, I think. So when did you give up the day job? I guess, so in terms of, like having a real moment of uh, it's a business was when we got our first purchase orders through and we're like, oh, my gosh, okay, now we have to do a production run and, you know, minimums, you have to make minimums. So you're like, well, I guess we've got to sell the extra stock. That, <laughs> so yeah. you then go, okay, this is a business where we're going. Um, and that kind of start to send things out to publicists, or not publicists, to journalists and, you know, you guys. Um, and we were lucky that we got such great support early on from retailers but also from stylists and media and possibly because we were a different product that was a bit out there at the time, though there were brollies around. Um but in terms of like leaving the day job, um, we bought our partners out or like we they wanted to move on to do something else because, you know, you start these ideas and you just never know where they're going to go. You just have this idea to start a business and and they kind of create their, their own life in a way. And um, so it's it was an opportunity that we that Mike and I decided we were going to take. Um, and, yeah, it was a bit like it was definitely a bit of a watershed moment of like, are we going to do this? Right, we're going to do it. And yeah. at the same yeah. time, we decided we were going to do it. I found out I was pregnant with Layla. And of course, good timing. Like, oh. <laughs> and we were moving house and like all this stuff happened at the same time. But um, it was a really nice thing. And, you know, we've a lot of our retail customers at the time, or still are um, our retail customers now, but a lot of them are working mums as well. And it was really nice because, you, you know, you plug away at the time I was working by myself and you plug away by yourself and, they kind of become your colleagues and so you'd get all these really supportive messages from people in a town in, I don't know, Bathurst or Orange or wherever and they'd be like, oh, I'm so excited for you and congratulations and you think, oh, it's such a nice little community. Yeah, so no, that was really nice. So I guess that was the moment in terms of like letting formal work go. Yeah. I think I'm the only person who had ever worked for government who resigned when they fell pregnant. Most people try and get a job in government for the maternity. Yep. Uh, I was like, no, I'm taking a job working for myself. There's no benefits. No benefits at all. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess there were in the end because... 10 years on, you guys are still here. Yeah. I oh, know it's pretty massive. I guess when you have kids and carry on, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's Everyone says, you know, the days go go slow, but the years go fast. And yes. oh my gosh, is that true? And it's so true for having a business too. Um, Mike and I joke that Basil's our third baby because we always, you know, you have one kid, people are like, oh, you're going to have a second. And then we had a second. And then... It's like, are you going to have a third? It's like, no, no, we've got Basil. We've Basil, got Basil. Basil is the baby. Because <laughs> um, unlike human babies, businesses don't sleep and they are very demanding as well. So happy with Basil being our baby. Yeah. yeah. We didn't have a boy, so there it's our go. boy baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that takes us into the present. Um, so you're celebrating your 10-year anniversary. Congratulations. That's yeah. amazing. That's yes. huge. <laughs> it is, it is. So what is the secret to your longevity in an industry where brands come and go quite quickly? Uh, we've always been really focused on having a great product and sometimes it's hard to stay in your little bit, especially when there are new competitors or you're doing something different that hasn't been out there before. It's really hard to 
stay confident, I guess, in your vision and what you want to achieve. But I do think we've always been very focused on creating a beautiful product that's also really high quality and and is going to go the distance for people and that they can have faith in it because um, sometimes we get the, I could buy one of these at Bunnings for $12 and you think, well, go ahead, yeah, but exactly. come why to us after. Yeah, why don't you? Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> um, and inevitably that's what happens. Like we do get people who are like, oh, I'm just sick of buying something that's going to be thrown away. And that's really heartening for me because I do, you know, especially it's no – like it's so important at the moment, particularly with what's going on environmentally, that we're conscious of our pers- purchasing. I'm not like, you know, buy basil or, or else, but I do think we just need to be mindful. And it's and it's whether you don't, you don't have to buy our product, but buy the best for what you can afford and look after it and treat your stuff well and know that you can, you know, fix it or that you can repair it or make it better mm. and make it your own. I think it's just, I think we've... There's been this whole thing of it's everything's been really disposable and the coffee cup is an example of that. And just changing behaviour a little bit of having your own coffee cup and washing it and reusing it. It's the same thing with your outdoor products. Like I think people expect that you can just leave things outside 24-7 and they'll just nothing will happen to them. Yeah. But it's an outdoor fabric. It's like, well, mm. you still have to look after it. So Yeah. I feel like people's behaviors and attitudes to those sorts of things are changing again for the better. I think we're yeah. as a community becoming more mindful of our waste and and how we use and look after our things. So I think that's really great. Um, But to come back to your question of how do we, you know, what's our secret to success, I think it's just being mindful of our customers and um, trying to really change their lives in a positive way and make them really happy that they've bought one of our products. Um, You know, I, I still remember when we introduced our love rugs and we got an email from someone saying, oh, I bought one of your very first umbrellas and I love it so much. I've bought the love rug and I can't wait to buy it for my sister for her baby. And it was just one of those moments that I was like, oh, wow. Like yeah. she'd got given one for a wedding present and then she bought it or someone had given a love rug for her baby shower and then she was buying it for her sister. She's sharing the love. It really sharing the love, <laughs> but also in a really, this sounds really corny and cliched, but we're part of people's milestones, like weddings yeah. and babies, bar mitzvahs, you know, all of that. It's a really special thing. And well, it's so, a good gifting present type is, thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's like you're saying, it's not something that's disposable. <laughs> it's not a, um, you know, $30 umbrella that you're going to use one summer and chuck it away. This well, is not. <laughs> this is something that people are giving as a gift and you're going to remember it and you're going to use it for years and years to come. And we put all like... It does sound like, you know, really corny, but it does, when we when we design these products and we think they're going to be used and a lot of love and thought goes into them and it really does make us feel happy and proud when we see them at the beach, you know, and it's it's that whole, there was that little gift that went around or a little um, Instagram thing that was like, when, when you make an online sale, someone somewhere does a little dance and it's yeah. so true. When it's your own <laughs> business, you really do feel that love and, and support So and it's nice you feel part of people's lives in that way. Yeah. Nice. I was going to touch on with when you're talking about sustainability and quality and all those sort of things. In Australia, outdoor products are notoriously difficult to manufacture and to have them have that longevity because of our very strong sun Mm. and UV. How do you guys go about testing fabrics and making sure that they're going to last and when your product is literally to be directly in the sun? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think, well, firstly... We definitely 
choose materials fit for purpose. Um, that's Mike's background, not mine. Um, he's a Virgo in the best sense of the word. <laughs> Nothing he, wrong with a Virgo. No, he sweats the details. He makes sure that he's going to hate me saying this because he's going to be like, everyone's going to expect it to be perfect. Um, he's still human. But the in terms of like the design spec and the mechanics of things and, and the materials and I guess the componentry around things, like that's his brain and that's definitely his job description, not mine. Um, but I, I think he does a really good job at it because he knows that stuff really well. Um, so he'll he spends a lot of time researching materials and and manufacturing and how they come together. And we're spending more and more time in terms of like choosing, you know, like the timber for our poles. We make sure like so we use a laminating technique so that we can use timber that would otherwise go to waste, but it's still super strong. It's still, um, you know, it's still durable as a material, even though it's a, a natural material. Uh, the timber we've used in our Italian deck chairs, for example, they're farmed. They're a Swiss responsibly certified timber and then they get assembled in Italy so the you know the road miles essentially from between the two like all of that Mm. stuff's a consideration and then the fabrics that we use the fabrics uh, make up they're probably the biggest component to any of any of our products Um, and in terms of an outdoor quote-unquote grading we use different materials depending on what they're for so the cushions or the love rugs, they're not going to be as intensely kind of colour fast and what have you because they're indoor-outdoor, more of a um, non-everyday product, um, whereas the, say, the go-large umbrellas and the umbrellas we use for commercial projects, we use a really high-grade, high-tensile outdoor acrylic. So it's got they've got all got really high colour fastness ratings. So, you know, it's sort of choosing the best material for the job, but mm. we're very conscious in how we choose them. And then, of course, you know, you've got all your coatings in terms of water repellents and waterproofing and weatherproofing and, you know, yeah, you name it. Yeah. <laughs> so what is the – what's your process like? Um, like how do you come up with new prints? Um, where does your inspiration come from? I guess this would be more your hat in the oh, business, Oh, no. It? It's – you know what? It's very much a – it's very much two-sided. And like over the last 10 years, I think I've – gradually had more influence on the prints and patterns. Um, but also it's funny, like our bestsellers when we launched are certainly, if we were to launch with them now, they wouldn't do well. Like it's very much a zeitgeisty kind of, you've got to mm. be in the moment. Like Pixel was big for us. It was huge. But I think if, and that was to explain to people who might not know, it was lots of squares of bright colour. Yeah, I remember that one. That yeah. Was, that was really cool. And then, you know, recently there's been this trend towards bleached out, no colour colour. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, as you can see, I'm not really. <laughs> I do love a white. Gary, and you're on the brief. Yeah. <laughs> That's my kind of umbrella. Yeah. yeah. Which, nothing wrong with that um, at all. We do have some, we do have some um, softer tones this season. Um, but, yeah, I guess in terms of the design process, sometimes it's a bit of a oh, my God, we've got to design a new range. What am I inspired by? And there's a bit of rocking in the corner. Um, but then other times, um, like Michael often work up a bit of a palette direction and he he loves that stuff. Um, and so we'll kind of work to – he'll work on that and then we'll work together on it and I'll go, oh, I don't know about that colour. That's a bit gross. Or, you know, or I really want this woven. He's like, you can't do a woven on a print. And, you know, then it's this argy-bargy of what's possible and yeah. how do we – translate what's in our heads onto a brolly yeah. or, for example, a rug or a cushion or a tablecloth. Um, so there's a bit of a 
process in terms of kind of coming up with ideas. But sometimes too, we sit on things for a while. Like we've got a canopy that we prototyped that's in our backyard and we're still kind of working out whether we like it or don't or what needs to change or so there's a kind of some things in terms of prints are obviously a bit faster because they're a bit more of a seasonal thing yeah um but on that note when we started we never wanted to be a seasonal product that you know this whole idea of changing for change sake like we you know like our striped products our striped collection is very much a evergreen product they're never gonna date and then some things have a little update there well, I yeah. think what stands out is, you know, looking at the products, there is something for everyone. Mm. And if you haven't done it yet, it'll come probably, you know, like if you want the planar umbrellas, they're there for you as well. And they're not plain as well. Like the shape of them are, the shape is so beautiful and unique that it's not just your beach umbrella. Oh, thanks. I'm so glad you noticed because you know how many times <laughs> we went through the like, is it domed enough? Is it not domed enough? Yeah. Is the valance long? And like you... People don't know how much thought gets put yeah. into it. Oh, wow. yeah. But that, like, even these sort of beautiful ones in the sunset with the fringing, it's so simple, mm. but so detailed and beautiful. But if you want full colour, you also have all the colour you want as well and yeah. all the pattern and print. And it's how you put it together because you obviously pull a, rain, pull a collection together that is all colour and bright, but you can have also then one printed thing and then tone it right down with more neutral things. So depending on your own personal style, you mm. can choose the same umbrella, but, Jono, you might make yours crazy and out there and bright and yeah. carry on yours might be a lot softer and more subdued. So it depends yeah. on each person too. Yeah. Oh, I'm seeing these, like, Tasudi sand has Carrie Ann Jones written all over yeah, it. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And um, so that, for example, that fabric's um, milled for us in Italy. It's a really gorgeous acrylic fabric. So that is, it's got a, I think, a nine rating in terms of wow. out of 10. So it's got a really high rating and it's a gorgeous upholstery fabric. So that's something really special and high end that, you know, you, if someone wanted to buy that as a yardage to make, it's they're over, you know, $140 a metre kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you can get a beautiful mm. product still at a really nice price point. Which mm. is, and I think that's cool. like when we're in terms of design process too, obviously price comes into it a little bit. But for me, I'm time poor like most people. I still want to have a house and things that look nice and I want to have faith that they're going to go the distance. So for me, it's, you know, when we're designing our tablecloths, I really wanted something that, I guess, performed like a plastic. So you could spill everything on it. It didn't matter if you had a toddler still eating with their hands or whatever, but you could still pretend that you had a nice table (laughs) and essentially hose it down at the end. Like that's kind of what I wanted it to to leave. Um, And so I sort of gave that brief to Mike and caused him a few grey hairs and then he came back and was like, we should put Teflon on it. I was like, yeah, we should. <laughs> so, <laughs> Do whatever you want to the table. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like so you've got the best of a non-stick fry pan on a table. Mm. How good's that? Amazing. Mate, that's yeah. Lazy housewives everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> house dudes too. <laughs> that's oh, cool. so good. You're also known for a lot of your amazing collaborations with artists and different brands and photographers. Over the last decade, who are some of the highlights for you? Is this oh, man. asking you to pick children? It, totally, it is. And, um, you know, collabing over sort of 10 years has definitely become a thing. Everybody's collabing. Um, but I guess for us when we were looking at people to work with, so, some people have a profile, some people don't, um, but it's always been about the the work that they do, um, not necessarily about the personality behind it. Um, 
and whether what they did was completely out of our wheelhouse. So for us, it was no use trying to replicate someone when we could just work with them directly and how beautiful yeah. is that? And you, you do, you, you learn a lot about other people's processes. So I asked Mike this question. I was like, oh, they might ask us a question about collabing. And um, he was like, oh, hands down. Obviously, Ken Doan is a, was a massive yeah, yeah for both definitely going to get to that. Um, <laughs> but for different reasons, like everyone's got a story about Ken and, and they remember and it's any kind of touches on a time in your life in a way. So there's a real yeah. nostalgic element, but also quite, and, but he's also very contemporary here and now. Um, but in terms of other people we've worked with, Mike and I both have loved working with Louise Jones, who developed the Botanica print for us. Yeah. yeah she's incredible. Beautiful. Like just yeah. the most amazing, she's beautiful person but her she's incredibly talented like people think that that print is a photo and it's every single leaf and flower and element has been hand rent hand drawn painted yeah then scanned wow. laid in like the amount of work and time that goes into that I kind of know if you've ever used Canva or like a graphic design software, like just trying yeah. to drag and drop a few yeah. things. Yeah. Oh my God, four <laughs> hours later, I'm ready to like kill the computer. Um, clearly Mike's the like, shop guy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so like the amount of love and effort that went into that print is just incredible. Um, and I know Mike really loved working with Jonathan Zawada too. Early on, he did yeah. two prints for mm. us. Like that was a bit of a, he really, yeah, awesome. that was a fist pump moment. Yeah. But that's also like something that hasn't been seen yeah. on the market before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who else? I really liked working with um, Kelsey, who did a print. He's an artist based in San Diego, and he did a print called Awareness. And I just loved learning about, for me, it kind of brought a bit of my contemporary art passion into the mm. job yeah. a bit. Um, and his his whole thing was he did a whole series of paintings about LSD and the eff effect of psychotropics on the brain, and that was a, a psychotropics. <laughs> so that was a, that was an artwork based on that. Yeah, <laughs> but I really liked it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's trippy. It's, it is. It is. It's awesome. I love it. And you're now at ten years, and to celebrate, you've done the collab with Ken Doan. Yeah, that's amazing. How did that one come about? Oh, you know, so I've got an old postcard or something that I – no, you know, it's my Nana's scarf. I was like, there's something, it's my scarf. Yeah. And I love it. And I just said to Mike one day, oh, I'd just love to do something with Ken Doan. This was maybe four years ago. And and he was like, oh, my gosh, I would love to do something with Ken Doan. And I said, oh, well, it'll never – we won't. No, he's he's too big. He won't want to do anything with us. Um. Anyway, this year I was like, right, I'm just going to send it. And I've been trying to work out if anyone knew anyone, like if we could get an introduction or – and it was all just going nowhere. And I was like, right, you've just got to just got to do it. So I just emailed, fully just emailed the like hello at email and said, hi, I'm a big fan. <laughs> I love, we'd love to work with you. I felt like such a schoolgirl. And um, we got an email back and they were keen to chat further. So – that was a real like amazing massive dancing yeah. around the room moment. And if you don't ask, you don't exactly you don't get you, it. You, you never know. And they have just been they are all of them so incredible. They're beautiful, they're gracious, they've just been so easy to work with and just wonderful from where to go. So I've got nothing but positivity. I was I was laughing, Camilla, um, Ken's daughter managed the business management stuff and um 
and I was just, we finished the shoot and I like just drove away on such a high. Like he took some time to have a chat with us, like didn't need to. And Judy, his wife, who um, was very much involved in the business and like as a family business and a multi-generational family business, like they're incredible. And he is very much, he's a bit of a maverick, like in terms of owning his own gallery, like he's gone vertical, quote unquote, before mm. anyone else mm. went vertical. Yeah. Yeah. And before it was cool to do it and it's still not cool to do it in gallery, gallery land. Yeah. Like he's like just on many levels, I have such respect. Like they've, they love, clearly love each other, love working together. Um, and they've got a really amazing, successful business, but they're also just, they're just yeah, I don't know. They're just, there's a spec to them. So I was, when we drove away after the shoot, I sent Camilla a message going, I'm just ready to get my tattoo, team ah. done, family yes. done. Like, yeah. How do I get onto that Christmas list? <laughs> That'd have been awesome to get a 10 known tattoo, actually. Oh, maybe maybe it's another one on your, on your um, arm. Not so many. <laughs> Getting to draw the hibiscus. Yeah. Um, so tell us a bit about December Coral Garden. What does it all mean? Yeah. Ken and Judy both, they, they're big travellers. They always, they always go away... Um, to tropical destinations. I think Camilla said they used to holiday in Fiji a lot and um, and they're big into diving and, and all of that. And I think um, Ken has over the years done a lot of series of water-based works where he's talked about, you know, focused on the reef and fish and all of that sort of life. And um, where they live in Mossman, they're right on the water and, and I think quite connected, like they swim every day and he – you know, we were talking about how the dolphins come up and it's just this really beautiful, um, I feel like that work, well, for me, when I looked at it, it's obviously rich and layered and colourful and bright and optimistic and cheerful and all of that stuff. But there was also a real connection with nature. And in talking to Ken and getting to know them a lot more as a family and, you know, I feel like it kind of, I don't know, just reinforces that connection with nature that they have. And it's a very Sydney and a very... Aussie kind of way of life and mm. we very much take what's on our doorstep for granted. Like we'll gladly jump on a plane and go to Bali when we can just go to Townsville and go to Magnetic Island and go diving, but that's not cool. Yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah. this weird thing. You have to have a part, you have to get your passport out to feel like you've gone away in Australia. Yeah. But we've got this There's right on so our doorstep it. and it's incredible. Yeah. So um, for me it was a celebration a little bit of what we've got just here and it just also – Screams Kendone without feeling yes. nostalgic. Mm. It's just so right on that. Mm. Like it is iconically Kendone and it's fresh and it's new. It's something different. Mm. And it, it was also a real, when we were looking at, like we sampled another artwork which was a li- little bit more, also a Cree one, um, and it was a little bit more pared back and possibly more abstract. Um, <clears throat> I, I just don't think it was Kendone enough. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. for sure. But I also like, sorry, in yeah. addition, it's not beige. It's like the it's a definite punctuation mark of like drawing the line in the yes. sand. Of, it yes. is print and it is fun and yeah. it's colour and that's what it is. But also with like all the other prints and colour and fun that you've done, it's different. Yeah. It's, it's different, different to what you've had yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and so when did you decide to branch out um, doing other things other than umbrellas, like the beach mats, the cushions, the bags, the... Um, tablecloths that you're mentioning, when yeah, did yeah. this all happen? Um, so I think a lot of it is a bit life staged mm. and, yeah. um, you know, we had a baby, so we had Layla and it was at that time 
you know, you're in mother's groups and you go and meet at the park or you are spending heaps more time on the floor and you realise, oh, my gosh, my concrete floor is really hard and cold, <laughs> not so good for knees. Um, and so it was around that time, back in like Qantas days, I think I'd been given this old promotional picnic rug mm-hmm. and it was a bit, you know, tartan and fuzzy and plasticky and I used it all the time, but I also couldn't clean it because it was that fuzz that just yeah, attracted yeah. anything sticky. Yeah. And I, yeah, I was like, what am I going to do? And then it eventually just fell apart and I just said to Mike, oh, I just, I think there's something in this. Like everyone I know would use one or, you know, you've got some, or we'd given like a baby mat, but though it was only like a metre around, like metre diameter. And as soon as they start rolling, which is in the blink of an eye, it's they've already outgrown it. And I was like, this is dumb. I need something bigger and just better. And that's where the love rug kind of happened. Cool. And fun and cool and like, had some prints to it. Yeah. So that's where that happened. Um, and then the tablecloth and placemats happened. It was a little bit um, because someone in passing had said, oh, you guys should do tabletop. That would be great for America. And I was like. Um, we're not in America, but tablecloths and placements are a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> and and it was at that time we were starting, we'd just come out of the baby bubble and we were starting to have people coming up to come over a bit and we wanted to entertain. And, you know, you just, all I remember growing up was if you were at dinner at someone's house and someone spilt red wine, there'd be this mad panic mm, to find yeah. the soda water and the salt. <laughs> <laughs> and imagine if you could just make a mess and it didn't make a difference and you could just eat the pasta and like, get into it. Yeah. So that was kind of, so I think it's just, yeah, it's just a bit of a natural evolution. Yeah. 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 I think of finding that with a lot of designers, it's the, yeah. we need something in life. You know what? Let's make it ourselves. Yeah. Like I think if we were going to just start a business doing tablecloths, I don't know if that, you know, yeah. like it's, yeah, but because yeah. we've kind of already doing it, it makes sense. Like I loved Alex. I listened to Alex, the Kip and Co one, and she's yeah. saying, oh, you know, we wanted to do this. So then we decided, well, we have to do everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, tell the story, which is totally. great. But that's what I was like, oh, I'm able to tell a story. We're not telling a story. <laughs> yeah. It's funny though. Well, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know got, what's next. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is the question. What What else is there to do? Like are you, you've got the beautiful beach chairs that you have. Um, yeah. Is there more furniture is a tabletop oh, I, don't know. I don't know it's um look we launched a lot of things this year that we've been kind of quietly plugging chugging chugging away plugging away at yeah in the background so the chairs was was one um we've been working with that factory on a couple of other little things um the tasudi stuff to to begin with and um that was a bit of a passion project because the factory is from an area where Mike's dad's from. So it was a really nice kind of way to – we also looked at getting those made in us, but that was just oh, – such a shame that just, you haven't been is. able to. I know. Yeah. Don't even um, what can you do? But, you know, these guys are amazing. Like they're a fourth-generation factory and they just love – they love the product. They're total Italians in the best way. Attention to detail is great. It's a commercially proven product. Like that's what's used when you see those beautiful pictures of the Riviera and all of the, the sunbeds. Like that's them. So they know what they're doing. Um, so it's just been – that's been really nice. And I think for Mike, he's really enjoyed kind of getting in touch with his Italian side <laughs> a bit more. What a shame. We'll have to visit the factory. Yeah. Um, oh, I know. That's a – so no, so that's been nice. So I think, and they've had a really great reaction that like we only just launched them and we've like sold out of two shipments straight away. So Perfect. that's been great. Um, good start. So look, there's definitely some things in there that we want to 
change and adjust and build on, like definitely have some ideas of other things we could do um, in that sense, in that side of things. We're just launching a new, we've just, oh, we've just, I feel like we've just done a lot as well. So <laughs> we've just launched a new, um, like a garden umbrella, like a beefed up beach umbrella, which yeah. is what we offer for our commercial clients and we were getting more people wanting them for resi for their by the pool and backyard so we've adjust, like adjusted that for a residential use so that's been really nice they've just literally just dropped and um and then we've got our timber go large which is fun so yeah cool. amazing yeah. you're a husband and wife duo what's it like working with your spouse and how do you make it work together <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I did ask Mike this question. I was like, how do you find working with me, huh? And he's like, oh, no, it's awesome. I said, okay, so why is it awesome? And he said, well, normally when you're working with your spouse or, sorry, living and not working with your spouse, you just see them in that kind of one-dimensional mm. side of like your domestic life. And he said, you know, I really love that I work with you and I see a different side of you that I wouldn't normally see the nine to five, like working Krista. Yeah. And he said, oh, I think it's really great because you get to see a side of a side of your partner who you wouldn't normally see. You see what kind of gets them off in a working sense. And then, you know, you can see how, how they work. And he was like, he, he loved that aspect to it. Um, for me, I guess that too, but I just like spending the time. Like, I just think it's really nice that we get to have that, um, that like bounce ideas off each yeah. other and, yeah and it's a bit of a like we both love to work yeah and which is great because you need to when it's your own business <laughs> and sometimes pillow talk is like oh have you filed the bass <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then literally the next breath will be so I've had this idea do you think it's crazy if and they're always the that's the best start to the question I love when Mike's like oh I've had this idea do you think it's crazy I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. But do you think it's crazy? Um, yeah. So, look, I I think it's really enriching. And we have two little kids and so there's a bit of a we can – he can be a little bit more present. But he also is a, has a design gig outside of Basel. So um, that's a tricky juggle in itself. Mm. So looking to the future, you've already achieved so much over the last decade. What's next for Basil Banks? What's on the cards for 2020? Yeah, oh, give gosh. some hints. What are we doing this next year? I don't know. Can I talk to you after Christmas, after we've had a holiday? I'm so tired. <laughs> um, well, my little baby starts school next year, Aww. so that's a big thing. Um, definitely just building, I guess, on what we've done this year yeah. um, in terms of new product development and refining it and there will be a few new things to come. I, I definitely feel in sort of that more residential outdoor space. Um, but we also, we're not furniture makers, so it's not mm. something that we necessarily want to go into. I don't know. Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you need? Like any any hints for any other collaborations that we can look forward to maybe? Oh, well, I was joking because I was like, oh, we've got Ken Don, I can retire now. Yeah. Ten yeah. years, we're out. <laughs> Done. Um, I don't know. Newson. You can yeah. give us the call, Mark, if you want to. <laughs> Let's put it out there. Uh, I don't <laughs> hey, know. We're... You asked Ken Doan, he said yes. Yeah, I exactly. know, maybe. Never know. <laughs> I asked Mike, I was like, what, what would your dream collaboration be? And he was like, oh, Kanye? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> cool. He had, like, he had two divergent. He was like, Kanye would be cool or 
Ross Lovegrove. And I was like, who's Ross Lovegrove? He's like, oh, he's an, he's a British designer and he's really good at form and he's really amazing and I really love him. I was like, oh, okay. Kanye <laughs> and Ross, let's do it. Yeah, done. Again, we're going to manifest this stuff. Exactly. <laughs> like yeah. from, from, for me personally, I would love to develop more products using um, like reclaimed materials. Like it yeah. would be awesome. Like I don't know what all the big fabric houses are doing, but are they investing in new acrylics that are using rather than new um, – because all of it, like a lot of it uses plastic, right? So it's um, plastic threads and all of that. It would be so cool to have a new woven acrylic that's made out of reclaimed material from yeah. something or I don't know. Mm. It's just it would be great to do more in that. That would be awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Really get me fired up. I think it's such a important thing that we're going to keep seeing being brought up in our chats with people about brands starting to have to take accountability for mm. sustainability now. I think, you know, we've known that it's been a thing that we mm. need to talk about for, you know, a time and now it's really action time. So yeah. it's great to hear that. Oh, that would, it would be great. But it's, you know, sometimes that stuff, it's a bit beyond us as a little tiny company. Yeah. Like I can't make material out of reclaimed plastic. I don't sure. even know where to start. Yeah. But give me some seed funding. I'll make it happen. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, when all the Kanye money comes in, yeah, that's exactly. when it's going right. to get, can take off. <laughs> Talk about ironic, right? The Kardashians and Kanye sponsoring <laughs> plastic. Yeah. Something. <laughs> okay. Should we move on to our fast festive five? Woo. Yeah. Cool. All right. What's on your Christmas wish list? My Christmas wish list is, oh, look, I'm pretty simple, prawns and champagne. That's, well, what do you want? That's it. Sunshine, yeah. a Queensland yeah. thunderstorm, feels like, and a bit of cricket. I, ideally, it would be the Boxing Day test with Richie Benno, which I know isn't possible, but that's just <laughs> yeah. Christmas to me. That totally is. And a bit of mango, oh. just, just yep. so good. It's all about food, I think, for, for me. <laughs> <laughs> and... um. What's the Christmas table like at your place? Well, when we have Christmas in Sydney, it's we join in on the Italian Festivus and that's always at Christmas dinner. So it's kind of outlaws in the morning slash lunchtime and then in-laws at night. And um, everyone, oh, it's always amazing. Like dad, Mike's dad, there was a few years ago, we went to the fish market and he, I was like, oh my God, I'm with Kerry Packer. This is amazing. He was just like, I get the lot. And it was so good. Um, but no, it's great. It's really beautiful because everyone comes together. Mike's one of eight. And so wow. there's yeah, That's 14, 14 nieces and nephews. And it is, it's beautiful. Everyone comes together. We're all usually stuffed from lunch, but you somehow find the extra stomach. And um, no, it's just really, it's just beautiful. It's not styled it's not pretentious it's just everyone together with a whole bunch of food on the table and then we slowly eat away at it over the next few days after that yeah. <laughs> um we usually kick off because we're not anywhere in the morning we're usually at our own house um so we kick off with bacon and egg rolls down at the beach mike takes the camping stove down and we just so good yeah have a swim and um make sandcastles and just sometimes have a it's nothing more aussie than that no yeah. and it is just the best it's so good What's the decorations like at your place? Oh, so I've got oh, it's it's I I'm all about that everything's got to have a memory. And every year, my like growing up, my mum and I used to always go shopping. I was an only child, and um, 
we used to go shopping for a decoration every year to put on the tree and and we lived overseas. So, you know, now when I go and do the tree with mum, we're like, oh, I remember when we got that and, oh. and there's that's always so a story. Yeah. yeah, and then there's the weird stuff you make at school. Yeah, well, that's pretty much that. my Christmas tree is just all my kids' decorations. Best. It's all, but it is. It's all like Poppy made us oh, at daycare and, yeah. you know, that's what goes on the top. And so it's just lots of little cute memories that I just don't think I can ever – not put them out there. But like, that's what, like, it's yeah. about love. Like, yeah. And that's what, I'm just getting really emotional. Oh, <laughs> but it is, it is about love. Like, all of it. It doesn't mean anything if you yeah. don't have that's love right. and thought behind it. And that's yep. the beauty. Like, you know, they're going to be grown up and old and you'll be an old lady looking at them. I'll still have still that star. <laughs> the tree that she made. So what's your dream summer ho- holiday destination? Well, Strati this year. Yeah. But, um, oh, look, we're really lucky. Mike's dad um, hires a house every Christmas for, for the family as well. So oh, I'm like, I'm, I feel like I've just got it made this summer because we've got Christmas with my family and Strati and then we um, somehow went down to the south coast and have a bit of time with the Durante gang as well, which would just be so much fun. Like, you know, all this stuff happens on the holidays that – Kids have no idea of time. It's just this yeah. today, yesterday, tomorrow, like whatever. It's just a blur. You know, Astrid learnt to swing on the swings by herself because she got to spend a few hours with her cousin just hanging out and like all of that stuff. And Layla learnt to play pool last year and just all <laughs> like cousin time. It's just the best. And yeah. yeah. And I, I still feel that because I'm going to hang out with my cousins and I can't wait for the cousin time. So <laughs> nice. it's, no, it's a beautiful thing. Finally, who is at your dream Christmas table? Like- <gasps> Anyone at all. Anyone at all. Okay. Um, Serge Gainsbourg. Maybe Ken Doan just because he's a legend and now we're we're family, right? (laughs) Uh, And I know Mike would really love Eddie Murphy. Yeah. And or Seinfeld. Yeah. Just a bit of comedy duo action. Uh, I would would really like to have an Obama around. That'd be cool. Yeah. Just to hear the inside scoop on a bunch of stuff. And that would really fill my CJ Craig... Life yes, <laughs> your West Wing yeah. fantasies. Yeah, oh, that's a pretty that's a pretty powerful table. Yeah, I reckon that'd be fun. Yeah, a couple of maybe Oprah. Can I? How many people can I have? You can have as many <laughs> as you, you want. You guys should totally come though. It'll be way fun. Absolutely, Sweet. I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> Who's on your table? Oh, we'll we'll we're still building up to Yours that. Is JK oh, mine's oh yeah, mine's just J.K. Rowling. Just the end. Her. Just her. It's a date with J.K. Rowling. Yeah, it's just her, and we're just gonna talk. I've got a long list of Harry Potter really? questions. Are you a mad Harry Potter fan? I've got a Harry Potter tattoo. Oh, I have no <laughs> a idea. lightning bolt somewhere. Where is it? There it is. <laughs> oh no way! So if you ever did a Harry Potter umbrella, <laughs> just saying, just pick you. Oh, thank you, Krista, for an amazing chat about Basil Bangs. I mean, it's been been so fun. It's a really iconic Australian brand now. That's really cool. So, everyone, go get yourself an umbrella and be sun safe and have a really good Christmas season and fun. Happy holidays. Thank you. Hope to see you with a... With a basil and some prawns. Absolutely. Get the champers. Exactly. Yes. Happy Christmas to you. Thank you so much to Krista for joining us on the House of Style. You can follow Krista and Basil Bangs on Instagram at Basil Bangs. And for more info and to find out what's on Krista's holiday wish list, click the link in the description to check out the House of Style journal. You can find us on Instagram at House of Style Podcast. Tell your friends and don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. And we'll see you next year at the House of Style.